1: Welcome back to SCN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Boys, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the NBL One competition and the Darwin Salties. but let's face it, we're still beginners. We're still getting our head around it. And here to talk about everything happening in the NBL One competition is Malcolm Crawford. Do we have you, mate? Yeah, mate, you do hey malcolm thanks very much for joining us firstly uh what is the mbl1 competition how would you explain it to someone who sort of doesn't have a full grasp of the basketball landscape here in australia
0: no way so the mbl1 basically is uh, a nationwide level just under the mbl and wmbl um, levels of sport so NBL and WNBL—they're the pinnacle. That's where the you know the big contracts and things like that are. That's where most of our Australian teams' players are drawn from. Things like that. Just under that, then you've got the NBL One. So the NBL One um, is um, a little bit more semi-professional. A lot of the players are being you know do have contracts and different things. And NBL players and WNBL players will often play down if you will at that mbl1 level to get extra extra reps extra exposure extra extra buckets things like that um but it allows because it's now being done at a standardized level it allows people to actually come and watch these games every excuse me every game is televised and um you still like you you've got access for kids and everyone has Everyone else to go and watch this high level of uh, Australian sport at your almost at your local uh, at your local stadium, which is really awesome.
2: Yeah, is um
1: is the NBL one a consistent stepping stone now to getting into the NBL? Have you found that?
0: Uh, it is a lot more consistent. Obviously, the NBL one is still fairly new. It started in twenty nineteen down down south. Um, then, unfortunately, COVID basically just put a little bit of a you know spanner in the works if you will of rolling it out nationally but we do now have the uh the five conferences um last year, last season alone just from the nbl1 nor- north uh we had uh Deng, Deng, cody statman rasmus bark and of course uh, malawatch from from the salties ben air camsu just to name a few from the north who were able then step up into that NBL space, and uh, on top of that as well, we also had um, Tiana Mungakahia, India Bauer and Lily Riccano yep. step in, step up into that WNBL space as well. So it is definitely where teams are looking, and often at um, Brisbane Capitals home games where I commentate, we'll often have um, you know the uh, the local NBL head coaches and assistant coaches in watching games, especially when different teams roll through town.
1: Yeah, so there is, has been a bit of um, progression, hasn't there? Is there, um, the introduction of the Salties been a real positive sign um, of growth as well for the competition?
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, it, it's been absolutely fantastic, and it goes to show um, what kind of following the, the Salties have. Because I know uh, last season when the Salties came to town, it actually, even though we're in, um, I was commentating the Brisbane Capitals home game, it felt yeah. like a Darwin. Home game because of the crowd that were able to come out and support their local teams. Um, it, it, it's been fantastic. Um, we've also had the uh, Media Eight uh, North Gold Coast Seahawks join, and it's they've been able to join um add talent and uh with the salties as well like they were able to make the uh, the, the men's team were able to make the quarterfinals uh in their first year out which is it's genuinely huge considering the high level of the nbl1 north um sort of plays at
1: yeah definitely um what what does the north side um have over the other divisions
0: uh well <clears throat> it, it's ours so we you know de- definitely feel proud of it but uh one of the yep. big things that I've sort of found is... Um, so, up here we're very aggressive on the defensive end um, and we play our basketball at junior levels a really certain way, a, a gritty and grindy sort of thing. And because of the community-based um, nature of these, uh, of these associations, that really comes through um, from, from that ground, ground grassroots level. Uh, We've also been able to get... on. At one point last year, we had... um, So, for the national teams, um, of all the NBL1 players that were uh, signed, uh, brought up into the national squad, at that particular time, we had 80% of them playing for us up here in the NBL1 North. So a lot of these players either want to come home and play for their um, junior clubs and different things, uh, or because we're able to get um, really solid... We've already got these really solid fan bases to draw upon. Uh, it, it's allowed uh, bigger crowds and different things and, and communities to really get behind. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's really solid for us. Unfortunately, at the nationals, we weren't able to uh, take down, to take out the national uh, crown. Both of them went out, uh, went out west, but. Uh, a lot of that also had to do with the just uh, the sheer timing of um, uh, a lot of our major players had to return to their uh, higher-level teams, and uh, a lot of our major players also had to... Um, uh, what was it? The uh, Women's World Cup duties that they had to go and play for. But the fact that we're able to get these high-level players playing in our NBL1 competition is really huge.
2: Yeah, Malcolm Clark here, mate. Uh, my, my question is... Um have you seen the growth in the in the junior ranks now, or more more juniors signing up and and wanting to be a part of basketball than you would, especially at that level where, you know, they can sort of start seeing themselves or setting a goal to try and make the Salties or any of these NBL one teams?
0: Yeah, definitely have. Um, so over the last two years, obviously it, it is still growing, but um, there's more and more juniors getting out to all the games um, and things and things like that. we also um, seeing a lot of the a lot of the junior players coming out to so each team will play a like we'll have open tryouts at the start of the sea uh, start of each season. Uh, I know I went to. Uh, a couple of our capitals ones and the sheer number of you know kids who were you know at that age they weren't necessarily at that skill level um all of them obviously because it is such a high clip but they were there they were keen They you know they wanted to be a part of um this amazing thing and the great thing about the nbl1 is it it allows access i know i took um i took my daughter to an away game Uh, Recently, I was able to get out to it, and her favourite player from the Brisbane Capitals actually um, saw us in the crowd. We were there really early. She came up and you know introduced herself and uh, and shook my daughter's hand, and she was just blown away. Like you know, it it allows that access that you don't necessarily get at that NBL and WNBL level, and that's the stuff the juniors really froth and love. So I definitely say yes. Uh, and obviously, uh, as we as we get deeper into this NBL one, um, uh, almost experiment that we're, we're we're doing here, it's it's definitely going to be more and more of a thing as these junior players come uh, come up through the systems.
2: Yeah, definitely. Because I, I I I refer to someone like who's a really good junior. Oh, he's playing senior footy now, and he's one of the long boys. And he actually almost put his preseason aside to try and try out for the M, uh, the NBL one for the Salties up here in Darwin, and. A lot of people were a bit shocked that he was thinking that that way because he could have went down and played mm-hmm. VFL or almost, you know, set him set his goals on the AFL. But you know, to have that opportunity to try and push himself in basketball was was awesome to see. So yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about there, mate.
1: Hey Malcolm, uh, do you think that so we've been talking a little bit uh, on and off air about the makeup of the Darwin Salties team and the general criticism for territory teams that have played at the semi elite level is oh there's not enough locals. But realistically, with your knowledge of the NBL one competition, a territory team couldn't really compete without that uh, interstate sort of imports and players like that, could they?
0: Uh, well basically it's at the level now where effectively no team can so yeah. it's it's not just localized to the territory situation yeah. It it's across the board um i mean this year we've got the uh we've got teams like Ipswich who have got they got they got Nathan Sobey, they've got Harry Froling, and they've got the Galloway brothers on top of their They've got some juniors and some other situations. Last year, our champions were the Gold Coast Rollers, um, who had they brought in uh, Kade. I think that by the end, they had uh, four or maybe five either NBL players or on the cusp of the NBL um, that they that they brought in. Um, And basically, yeah, you you've got to have these high-level signings to to compete at this level. Um, and then you focus on your, your your grassroots, and there will always be a place in those teams um, for your juniors, uh, which you know every association has. Sometimes they, you know, sometimes the junior kids just don't get the burn um, as much as we want, and that's the problem with you know community based basketball. We, we we sort of we'll, you you come along and you you watch these junior kids, and you get invested in them. And you want them to have more time and more exposure and more, 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 more. But unfortunately, you know, the NBL one is, it flies at a really high clip. And you need these high-level imports, Um, that's just the nature of the beast.
1: Yeah, we do need to wrap up pretty soon, but a Northern Territory team in the NBL, what do you think would need to happen uh, for that to become a reality? And is it any chance, say, within the next decade or so?
0: Uh, I think it definitely is. From what I'm hearing, there's two uh, two sort of major hotspots um, uh, across the NBL North situation: uh, Darwin and uh, looking at another shot with the, the Gold Coast Tropics. I, I think both of them have a shot. One of the great things that the um, uh, the Darwin situation has uh, it's it's getting good crowds and different things like that, which is super important. There's also less competition in town in that sense, as there's no NRL, there's no AFL. You know, so you don't have those. You know, while the grassroots and you know, semi-professional stuff is definitely there and you know, it's really solid and it's got a great groundswell of support. Um, you know, you don't have those higher level, uh, higher level things that, that take a lot of that money and focus from uh, all the other cities. So. Uh, Basically, just, you know, if locals want that sort of thing, they've got to get down to their local, uh, get down and watch the salties. You know, it's it's that simple. Buy the jerseys, buy the shirts, support your team as much as you can. Um, They're doing really good things on the court. They're, you know, they've got a really solid team at the moment. I'd say at the moment, they're kind of sitting in that... Tier two, uh, in tier two sort of level in the men's and the women are right up there at the moment. Still early in the season, but uh, yeah, they're they're in that uh, tier, tier one cusp uh, at the moment. The the Salties of the men mm-hmm. and the women.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely growing the game of basketball in the Northern Territory. As a school teacher, you'd hear a lot of young kids talking about the Salties and getting along to a Salties game. So hopefully that'll grow from there once that next generation sort of grows up. Malcolm, thanks very much for joining us. Before we let you go, uh, in thirty seconds or less, can you tell us about where you think the NBA is going? Who's your tip for the MVP? It's got to be Embiid now, probably with his uh, run of form, and who you've you have got for the championship.
0: Uh, look for the NBA. Give me. Uh, I'm a huge Celtic supporter, but give me the Bucks. I think they're just a bit deeper. Uh, Embiid, yes, he's very good. But at the same time, I I do enjoy sort of, you know, I do enjoy the banter and different things and how he keeps fighting. It's a shame he gets so injured. But, uh, yeah, I, I would take him for MVP with his recent run of form and the story. And it's so difficult to win three in a row if you're the Joker. It's practically impossible.
1: Very good, Malcolm. Hey, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, what's on for the rest of the afternoon and how do we tune into your podcast?
0: Uh, this afternoon, I've got a family barbecue uh, and the podcast is Ball Lie Australia um, and we cover everything from NBL One North all the way up to the NBA and it's on uh, Spotify, iTunes, and we're over on Instagram at um, uh, Ball Don't Lie Australia. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's where all our
1: stuff is. And, uh, yeah. Very good, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Malcolm.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing.